What's better, smashing heads in the gridiron or smashing success in the boardroom? Born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba, DJ Lalama always wanted to make a difference in his community. DJ enjoyed a successful youth sports career, earning the prestigious President's Trophy as the top defensive player in Canada. Now entering his fifth season in the CFL with the Montreal Alouettes, DJ has transitioned to the boardroom, working with TWC Nutrition and Body Logics. DJ is also a personal trainer with Team DJ47, and he's launched a pro uh, academy in 2020 with his good friend Andrew Harris of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Welcome to the Physique Business Podcast, making money in the fitness industry. You've spent hours in the gym, sweating buckets, crushing PRs, and lifting a ton of weight. Now it's time to turn that passion into a highly profitable business. Here's stories and tips of proven methods for starting and scaling your business in the fitness industry. And now your host, Corey Sweargoss. All right, DJ, welcome to the show. When I started working out originally, um, you know, and growing up, being in the physique business meant that you, you know, worked as a bricklayer or you worked in the mine. Obviously, you turned to football to put your physique to work. When did you know that you wanted to use football as a career? And, and let me know how that all got started. Sure. I mean, great question. Um, to be honest, I, I think for me, I was always an academic first. Uh, I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Um, so I always knew that sport was my, I guess, my ticket to a post-secondary education uh, where I could kind of further those academic skills. Um, but obviously, you know, as my college career kind of played out, um, you know, I was doing some good things on the field. And I mean, I'm one of those guys that likes to put two feet into anything that I do. Um, I was working extremely hard, was starting to kind of reap the benefit of that. And I would say kind of in my third year of college is where I really started to understand that, hey, like I do have the talent um, necessary to kind of take this as far as I want to go. Um, obviously, you need, you know, certain cards to fall um, in the right places, I think, to, to have that come to fruition. But for me, it was uh, as soon as I got that first taste of, of kind of glory on the football field, um, you know, 2013, 2014, uh, really started to internally believe that I could kind of bet on myself and take this as far as I wanted to go. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, to still be here and having this conversation with you uh, entering my fifth year in the CFL. Um, and, and, and I mean, by all means, it's, it's part of the lifestyle now uh, being an athlete, you know, focusing on, on your body, paying attention to the little things, creating good habits. Um, and, and I mean, I hope that I got a, a couple of years at least left in me. Nice. Yeah. So growing up in Canada, obviously football isn't something that every kid plays. How did that all start? And then how did you end up going to, uh, to college and competing in youth sports? Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, I started with soccer. Um, I come from an Italian background. So soccer was the first thing I did at the age of three. And then, I mean, obviously being Canadian, being in Winnipeg, we got 10 months of winter here. So uh, hockey was a close second. And um, it was actually one of my first hockey coaches. I think I was seven years old. Uh, and, and I had uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Molly, and he's a Hall of Famer from the Bombers, and, and he was my head coach. And um, I guess you could kind of sense that I like the physical aspect of hockey maybe more than uh, the skating, the, the finesse side of things, not having hands early on. And um, he kind of pulled me and my dad aside after, after practice one day, and he's like, hey, he's like, you basically play football on skates anyway. He's like, there's not even hitting allowed. Why don't you try, like, actual football? Um, and, and, you know, that was met with a little bit of hesitation, uh, especially for my mom and, um, you know, really quick on my wall. If you, if you mean, I just get to hit people, I mean, sure. Like, sign me up. Uh, so that's kind of where it started, uh, back at the age of seven and, um, 
you know, crazy that uh, we're talking about 20 years ago uh, now, which which ages me a little bit. But um, that's kind of how it started. And and I mean, for me, it was again, it was academic based. Uh, I chose to go to the University of, of Western Ontario uh, to pursue both a business and a kinesiology degree, uh, received a full football scholarship there. Uh, there was a coaching change, uh, decided to come back home to the University of Manitoba um, just to, you know, save some money, um, be able to work, uh, etc. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't really know what that would mean on the football field. That was kind of the, the secondary or, or tertiary item on the list anyway. And, um, you know, once I was kind of met in that locker room with a bunch of familiar faces, a coaching staff that obviously had known me kind of through my entire time at, in, in high school, um, it, it was easy to kind of get there um, and get familiar and comfortable right away. And, you know, we had a great team. Uh, obviously, we made a, a run to the national semifinal there in, in 2014 um, as the Manitoba Bisons. And, uh, you know, retroactively, I, I wish we would have not fumbled the ball on on, on third and, and nine or whatever it was on the nine yard line to to punch our ticket to the Vanier. But it, it is what it is. And, and, you know, only only great memories from that program. And um, there's a lot of great people that, you know, kind of um, created a culture there that, that you see, you know, now in the CFL really by pushing. I mean, we, I think we had 18 guys um, from a three year window go pro, uh, which is which is pretty crazy for any program, uh, let alone one that, uh, you know, is from little old Winnipeg, as we call it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had the personal opportunities I've had and, and obviously the personal success. Uh, but that kind of just gets back and, and, and attributed to my teammates, the coaching staff and the, and the program as a whole uh, during my time there. Nice. You know what? I've always had a lot of respect for people that play on the defensive side of the ball. You definitely don't get the glory. You know, you're not throwing the ball. You're not catching the touchdown. Um, you know, it really sh shows a sign of hard work and dedication. Um, you know, growing up here on the West Coast, you know, and looking after the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they've really mm -hmm. instilled that defense wins championships. And I still believe that that holds true today. Obviously, you know, you can debate that a little bit with Patrick Mahomes and throwing up <laughs> offense and, but you know, defense does win championships. And so have you always been on the defensive side of the ball and what has it meant to you to play defense as a linebacker? Yeah, for sure. Another great question. Um, so I started off as a running back. Um, I was, I was always kind of athletic um, and big, I guess. And, uh, back in the day, I guess being bigger than other kids was always, you know, kind of a, a feather in your cap. So uh, they put me a running back. Um, I guess they were trying their own little like Jerome Bettis experiment back in the day and uh, it worked. Um, and then when I went to high school, uh, my, my coach there, the varsity coach, you know, I was a, I was a grade nine kid trying to trying to make a varsity team. And uh, he kind of looked at me and he's like, you're way too big to play running back the way that we use them kind of in our system. And, you know, I'm, I was a little like, you know, uh, chunky young Italian and um, I'm like, Hey coach, like, what, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, he's like, you're like 235 right now in grade nine. He's like, you're going to have to wow. come down to at least 215 if you want to play running back for me. So I remember like working out in like a, a, a tin shed essentially all summer and watching what I'm eating, you know, the, the whole sweatsuit on plus 35 degree weather, trying to like get these 20 pounds off. And I remember weighing in at like 217 and it was like two pounds away. And he looks at me he's like, I guess you're playing linebacker. So, I mean, the first the first time I, I played defense, uh, it wasn't uh, an easy transition or, or one that I thought, you know, kind of would be just being an athlete. Um, it was something that took me, you know, grade nine and 10 to really uh, kind of hone those skills, understand what it meant, um, not only from a athletic side and a technique side, but from a football IQ standpoint, 
um, just trying to learn the game and, and see it in a different way. And, um, you know, that, that took two years and, and obviously grade, grade 11 and grade 12, um, I was able to kind of do some good things there at the high school level and, you know, get some scholarship offers, et cetera. But uh, he likes to take credit now for where I'm at. So um, I guess uh, lessons learned uh, should have paid more attention to what I was eating and, and how much pasta in grade eight. Uh, and maybe we'd be having a different conversation right now. Nice, nice. And so in between the CFL and the NFL, did you ever have any aspirations to go to the NFL or do you still have aspirations? What's kind of your thoughts and where are you at in your playing career? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was really fortunate uh, back in, in 2016. I actually had a tryout with the New York Giants. Uh, so they brought me down for, for their mini camp, which is essentially their draft picks, uh, undrafted free agent signings. And um, I guess guys that they're, you know, taking a look at to see if they, they would earn a roster spot or two. And um, obviously I didn't get a, a contract offer there, but they actually saw me more as like a safety. Um, so in the NFL, obviously bigger bodies um, being six foot 220, um, that, that kind of correlated to the safety position uh, a little bit more than the linebacker position. So that was a really unique um, experience, just being able to kind of be coached by Steve Spagnolo and, and learning a different position at that level. Um, things happen a heck of a lot faster on that field. And um, it kind of makes you grow up really fast, both as a man and as a football player. And, and just kind of having those three days down in the NFL, um, I think it just set me up for uh, for success in terms of, you know, knowing what to expect at the pro level, you know, how to be a pro. Um, obviously, you still have to work on the intangibles, your talent, your, your technique, your craft. But just in terms of how you kind of conduct yourself and understanding how big of a business this is. Um, that was a great learning experience and set me up for success in the CFL. And, and you know what, at this point, I'll be completely transparent. As a Canadian kid growing up, I was a Bomber fan. Um, I didn't watch a heck of a lot of NFL in, until, you know, I, I kind of saw Ray Lewis as someone on the defensive side that, you know, okay, he does this really well. Um, and, and this is kind of someone that I want to, you know, emotionally, you know, try to lead my team like he does. Um, and, and as a Canadian kid, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy um, playing in the CFL, you know, playing in front of these different Canadian cities, uh, great fans, a longstanding tradition. You know, if the NFL were to come up in terms of, uh, of, of an opportunity, I mean, I'm not naive. I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity and, and one that as a football player uh, is kind of the epitome of, of you know, your, your job. Um, and, and that would be, you know, welcomed with, with open arms. But I'm, I'm more than happy to be in the CFL. Um, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's a great lifestyle. Uh, it's a great league with great people in it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for a few more years here, hopefully, to, uh, to kind of rep uh, the Alouette logo. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to a couple of different NFL players and they always say it, it stands for not for long. So you definitely need to have a plan, um, you know, for life after football. I mean, you're 27 years old and you're already talking about what's going to happen next. And so, you know, obviously, um, you know, being, uh, you know, in the CFL and, and having the opportunity down with the New York Giants as well, as you as you alluded to, um, you know, talks about honing your skills as a professional. So what have you learned from the CFL field that has allowed you to transition to the boardroom with TWC Nutrition and Body Logics? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing and really just football as a whole, um, you know, I think football is, is kind of a microcosm of life in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different intangibles that you can learn and um, apply to different facets of your life. But I mean, the biggest one, honestly, is just in, in, in the football world. I mean, every single snap, every single, you know, play that you're on practice game doesn't matter. Uh, you have the camera rolling. Um, and, you know, it's video is something that obviously doesn't lie. Uh, the eye in the sky doesn't lie is, is kind of the saying. And, you know, you have to sit there as, as a man and, and watch. And, you know, people do make mistakes for sure. But, 
you know, what is your conduct like on the sideline while you're not playing? You know, what, you know, what is your conduct on the field? You know, when you make a good play, when you make a mistake um, and, and again, like this is all on video. Um, and I guess the biggest thing for that is, I guess, you know, in a normal office setting um, and, you know, full blown uh, caveat here where I'm still learning the business side of things. Uh, there's a, there's an immense learning curve there. So I'm not going to pretend I know everything, but I think when I approach my day to day, uh, you know, kind of working life, the business life, um, it, there's no camera over my shoulder. You know, there's no one that's necessarily going to sit here and, and hold me accountable on the second uh, to make sure I'm doing my work, doing it to the best of my ability, um, applying the things that I'm supposed to be applying, et cetera. And I think that's just a habit now with, with football is that I sit here and it's, you know, I have that expectation for myself that someone's always watching. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, res the results speak for, for themselves anyways. So at the end of the day, yeah. do you get that sale? Do you get that athlete? Um, I know we haven't talked on it yet, but what are you actually doing with TWC Nutrition and Body Logics? Yeah, so so TWC Body Logics, um, technical term, I'm, I'm the athlete relations manager. Uh, so I kind of deal with, with all the teams, all the athletes, dietitians, uh, therapists, strength coaches, et cetera. Um, deal with all their team accounts, deal with all their individual athlete orders or, or sponsored athletes that we work with. Um, and then really it's, it's just kind of working with the dietitians and um, the different call it stakeholders, um, you know, within pro sports and, and amateur sports um, to kind of create this, uh, you know, this education based knowledge for performance nutrition. Um, and then obviously being able to insert our body logics products in this case um, where they fit and, and understanding that we kind of have three pillars um, you know, obviously performance driven nutrition. Um, and, and these are kind of the products that can help, um, you know, your athletes get to where they want to go, uh, and do so in a safe way. Yeah. I mean, you, the athlete program with body logics has grown tremendously since you've come on board. So it's really nice to see that the work that you're doing is contributing. Um, if you could, you know, either speak to you know, your fellow CFL players or any athlete in general, what are three, you know, traits that you would recommend, um, from a personal branding perspective that people do to make themselves, you know, be appealing to a company like Body Logics. For sure. Um, again, I, I think it goes back to what we just touched on is, is, you know, kind of in the back of your head, just always expect that someone is watching, you know, how do you conduct yourself on and off the football field is, is going to, you know, kind of speak volumes of your character um, and how others kind of perceive you um, both in the public and, and private sector. Uh, number two, I would honestly say just be unapologetically you. Um, your personal brand, I mean, as athletes, we're very fortunate to have a platform kind of by virtue of playing in, in these leagues. And um, that's kind of a blessing and a curse uh, in its own right. And I think that, again, if you can use that and just be yourself, um, that organic kind of raw feeling um, is kind of what allows people to connect with you um, and, and kind of respect where you're going and, and how you want to go about it. And, and the third thing, to be honest, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on in, in, in this year, especially 2020 and, and athletes and politics. And, um, you know, a lot of people saying that athletes should, should just shut up and dribble. I mean, we've heard that saying time and time again. And um, I think for, for athletes, you know, um, abroad, just bet on yourself and, and don't be scared, you know, to kind of take that next step. And um, again, you know, sports is really a means to an end. It's, it's a microcosm of life. It's a very small snippet of your, of your life cycle. Um, and, and I think if you can bet on yourself and, and have the confidence in yourself to do something beyond the white lines of a football field or the, or the boards of a hockey rink, um, you know, that's the first step, believing in yourself so that others can believe in you too. Yeah, I mean, you know what, especially, uh, you know, I find a lot of athletes will spend a tremendous amount of time on their craft. 
um, you know, obviously, you know, yourself, you know, practicing football, the recovery, all of the, you know, rehabilitation, the studying, the film tape, all of that is extremely important. Um, but obviously, you know, you guys have a, an off season as well. And, and, you know, someone like yourself, who's, you know, dedicated yourself to continuing to, you know, earn an income and a living and, and start to work on that transition, um, you know, is certainly an, an important part that will allow you to have that life after football. But, you know, what are you doing right now to help set yourself up, um, you know, to, to have that that next step in your life? For sure. And, you know, BodyLogic has been great. TWC, the whole team there, um, kind of taking me under the wing and, uh, you know, really just teaching me. You know, I have a kinesiology degree. Um, I'm a science guy through and through. And uh, the business side of things is, is an ongoing learning curve and um, really fortunate to have some great kind of role models and, and mentors there. Um, to, to kind of teach me that side of it. And, and obviously that's my full-time gig, but uh, since the pandemic started and, and probably the worst timing ever, but uh, I decided to start two of my own businesses as well. Um, so the first is, is called Team DJ 47, essentially uh, taking the team of experts and professionals that helped me get to where I am now uh, in my pro career um, from an athletic development side. Um, so, you know, you're the dietitians, therapists, um, yoga coaches, speed coaches. Um, and then I am now the strength coach. Um, and we basically offer like a one-stop shop um, for call it athlete physical development. Um, so that's, that's been, you know, really rewarding just working with a lot of local um, clients and kids that, you know, have the same drive as, as I did when I was their age. Um, and then the second business would be uh, pro prep Academy. Uh, Andrew Harris and I started that here. Um, and, and we, I mean, we launched a football league, we've launched, you know, a soccer camp, uh, we're working on the basketball side of things right now. We do have kind of that team DJ 47 um, athlete development model as part of pro prep as well. So there's some overlap there, but again, just, you know, when we have sports taken away due to COVID um, it's, it's tough for everybody, you know, from a fan standpoint, from an athlete standpoint, from, from an operations and coaching standpoint. And to, for me to kind of think for a second and go back to when I was in grade 11 and 12 and just, really understand how big of a role sport played in my life just to kind of take that next step um, academically or, or in a career or trade, whatever it may be. Um, I needed it, you know, and it kind of kept me on the, the straight and narrow. And for a lot of these kids right now for almost two years now, you know, really like two full seasons where there's not sport the, the normal way. Um, Andrew and I just tried to fill some voids and that's been super rewarding. Um, it makes for long days, all three of those combined, but uh, you know, we're, we're used to, to the rigorous, uh, you know, CFL season and body hurting. So body feels a lot better. Um, so I can, I can use that mind a little bit more and, um, you know, just try to give back to, to the local kids and uh, that next generation to the best of my ability. Yeah, well, that's the type of hustle that's going to separate you from, the, you know, from your colleagues in the CFL of who can tr- transition out of the sport. Um, you know, obviously the CFL didn't take place in 2020. What do you see uh, as the future for the CFL? Where is it going to go and how is it going to get back on track in 2021? Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great question and one I think we all want clarity on. Um, but I'm a, I'm a member of the CFL Players Association now. Um, so I'm a Montreal Alouette rep. So there's a lot of stuff going on uh, behind the scenes to make sure that, again, there, there is a long future ahead for the CFL. Um, you know, we, we've talked at length and Yes, I mean, I think the business model from the CFL standpoint needs to change and, and kind of just catch up with the times. And that's no uh, disrespect. That's just, you know, honest opinion and feedback based on where it is and, and where it needs to go. But there's a lot of great people in this league, you know, right from government, um, governors, um, managers, coaches, down to the players and, and the staff. And, 
Um, we all want to make this work. Um, you know, we all want to play football. It's what brought us all together. And, and for lack of a better word, keeps us employed and, and food on the table for, um, for our families. And uh, we want to get back to that. And, and I miss the locker room personally. Um, I miss, you know, going to war and, and, and competing. Um, those are, those are things that, you know, you can't really simulate in the, in the working environment um, the same way that you can on a football field. So uh, there's bright days ahead for the CFL. I honestly believe that. Um, and, and I think we all just have to do our part and, you know, make the short-term sacrifice so, so we can have that long-term gain as a league. Yeah, you know, one of the things in my business, uh, you know, career that that's really helped me is I actually take the boardroom and actually compare it to a sports team. I feel mm. like if you're actually working with people along the way and you're actually doing it not for the money, but you're actually doing it for the win and you actually enjoy the process to actually get there, I find it's a much more enjoyable experience. And then when you do get that win, you actually get to celebrate it. I think a lot of people in business don't get to celebrate it. I mean, you know, when you win a game, you, you know, you run on the field, you get to, you know, uh, you know, celebrate with your your fellow players. But in the boardroom, when do you get that? I mean, it's hard, you know, so you really do have to celebrate the small little wins along the way. So I think that's critically important. Um, you know, obviously being uh, the athlete manager, um, do you have any funny stories or anything that you've reached out to people, whether you want to name them or not? Or, or you know, what what are some of the things that people ask about you or ask about the company that uh, kind of threw you for a loop? You know what? I, I don't have like one direct memory. You know, I've again, I've been super fortunate to meet a lot of great people in this line of work as well. Um, and, and I don't take any of that for granted. But just some of the some of the conversations are just athletes being athletes or, you know, like little like business terms. I catch myself, you know, kind of relaying that I've learned from from work. And, and you know, they kind of look at me like deer in the headlights and they're like, well, well, well like, what, what does that actually mean? I'm like, okay, sorry, that's the business lingo. I got to come back to that athlete lingo and the, the locker room talk to, to kind of have it fully comprehended. But um, no, I mean, there's there's been some some funny moments, um, ones that probably from the company standpoint, it's best just to, to kind of chalk up as an L and move on. But um, it's just, it's been great to, to learn, you know, kind of what makes all of these athletes uh, tick, you know, and, and being able to kind of have a deeper relationship and, and support them uh, in this way has been honestly uh, one of the best parts about this job. And on the flip side of that is, you know, I am a strength coach by trade, you know, I have a kinesiology degree and being able to connect with, with those professionals from across amateur and pro sports across the world. Um, that's been so rewarding and, and really just being able to pick their ear on the strength and conditioning side of things. Um, and then obviously being able to kind of tie it back to body logics and, and how those products can help, um, with the implementation of the, the protocols they're hoping to kind of put in place. So in terms of funny stories, um, like I said, there's our, our my, my bosses might be watching this, so I'm not going to necessarily name those, but, um, I, I think just, it's been a great experience so far. And, um, there's a lot of quality people in the sports world, um, and just being able to kind of learn what makes them, them, uh, that's, that's invaluable just in terms of life lessons and, and building those relationships. Awesome, man. You know what? This has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you coming and joining in. Uh, where can people follow you? Where can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about the businesses that you're doing? For sure. Um, I guess really easy. There's there's three different Instagram handles. Uh, obviously, my personal is, is at DJ Lalama. Uh, we have our at Pro Prep Academy and then also at Team DJ 47. Um, so really kind of simple, straightforward. But if anybody has any questions at all uh, on any three of those fronts, uh, feel free to contact me uh, at your convenience and, and I'll be happy to help. Awesome, man. I really appreciate this. 
Look forward to uh, getting back to Winnipeg and uh, hopefully meeting you in person really soon. You know, train hard. I know a training camp is probably just around the corner for you guys, and I wish you nothing but uh, success with the Montreal Alouettes this year. Hey, much appreciated. Thanks for having me, awesome. and, and keep doing what you're doing too. This awesome. is awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay, take awesome. care. Awesome. Take care.